We're back on the TV podcast. It is season eight, episode nine. There are only three more to go after this of Doctor Who. I'm Jason Snell, and we are talking about Flatline tonight. And joining me to talk about Flatline is a person who is sitting next to me in my house. Uh, it is uh, somebody I know fairly well. It is my wife, Lauren G. Snell. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Okay. <laughs> uh, we talk about this every week. Usually I do this alone. Uh, we, you and I talk about Doctor Who, and then I go in a room with other people on the internet and talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't get recorded. Mine mine does not get recorded. Well, here here we here, are. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, uh, flatline. Um, I thought this was really good. I thought this was a really good episode. I was I was expecting... I don't know why. I guess because I thought the little TARDIS was uh wacky that i thought it was going to be one of those wacky episodes where oh i'm small now and now there's a an ant crawling into the tardis oh it's a big ant and it was not that it was actually quite uh quite a uh, a serious uh scary episode of doctor who no there were there were funny parts and the and the tiny tardis was funny um but this was a scary one and scary in a um everyday things kind of scary like walls a, coming at you and things like that. Not monsters, but the well, wall. It turns out there are monsters, well, but but they're they're using. I mean, the locked room mystery thing, where where it's actually th- everything in the room is then being crushed by the two dimensional monster was uh, uh, a surprise. Yeah, that was that was kind of spectacular. That was um. Yeah, I really like like the couch got smushed <laughs> and the doorknob got flattened and. Um, although I liked one way to outwit the two-dimensional monster is to climb up on the thing that, that yes, the, the chair that that's hanging. That doesn't touch the walls or the floors. That was good. Because they wouldn't even know like it was there because it's not there until they got all the way up the ceiling and like yes. touched the little thing that it was hanging down. Yes. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I, this is in the vein of um, Doctor Who monsters in ordinary places and all of that. And, and in 50 years of Doctor Who, I, I, I like... Uh, the idea that this is—I uh, feel like this is something we haven't really seen before. The idea of the uh, two-dimensional—I mean, I read all those physics books about oh, it's the really eleven dimensions and all curled up and all of that, or or something like Flatland, right? Which is right. Imagine- that's, that's what I thought it was. Flatland. Yeah, it's like murderous evil Flatland. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. Is wouldn't it be nice if uh, if they weren't trying to kill us this time? Oh, I yeah, I really I really like that moment. That it would, it would make a nice change, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But he doesn't actually think that. He no, just is hoping. No, and it doesn't turn out that way. No, they're not just trying to... That's a, It's almost like they're saying, boy, I hope this is a Star Trek episode. <laughs> I, I really hope these things they're are misunderstood. They're just trying to communicate. Yeah, once once we crack their code, yeah. and then when they finally communicate, what they say is, uh, that guy standing over there, he's actually already been flattened, yeah. and it's just their, your perspective that makes yeah, you not no, realize it. Yeah, that was it. good, too. That's yeah. a nice moment where they're... Uh, it's like that... Again, it's like that OK Go video or that the... That Apple ripped off for their for their <laughs> keynote last month, where it's like you change the perspective and you see things, and then you realize they're all just painted on. Right, and they they use that as the as that moment. Well, and and our son, our ten year old son, when they do the reveal in the very beginning of the tiny door, just thought it was the perspective. He specifically said, "Oh, what are they looking at?" Yeah, um, thinking that the tiny door was just a funny perspective, and then they walk up to it, and no, no, it's a it's a tiny door. It's the TARDIS's interior door has gotten really small. Yeah, that was that, that was funny. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning, we had that moment, um, and since you're here, I, I suppose I mean I, I do this on other episodes. The uh, impressions our children have of Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, they were commenting when we see the first the beard the bearded guy at the beginning. 
and he and he says they're everywhere. We've been so blind. And in you know, the moment he appears, they're like, yeah, he's gonna die because <laughs> it's really a Doctor Who. If you're somebody we haven't seen and you're discovering something in the opening scene before the credits, it you're doesn't a, look good for you. You're a goner. No. You're a, you're a goner. And I was hoping that there would be one of those everybody lives moments where um, they're, they're, everybody kind of pops out of the wall. They've been trapped somewhere or something. Yeah, because like he's still in than... his wallpaper, right? Yeah. Except that when we when we get that moment, we see the first off, we see the police uh, constable with her um, nervous system as a lovely <laughs> design of wallpaper. Yeah, that was. So she probably didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And then and then the people in the in the little uh, the subway like breezeway area. I was thinking maybe they'll um, they'll emerge because they look pretty solid but no. instead when they emerge they're just the the you know the the monsters yeah, the using monsters. their shapes yeah uh so not not so and everybody didn't no. live everybody died in this one pretty much yeah um so let's see uh i'm looking at my little notes here about what what else happened in this episode i liked uh you know there's the uh the first scene where they get out of the tardis and and it's uh it's like uh reduced size but isn't shrunken down all the way and again this is this is where we get the zany moments yeah, that just, i, I just thought would be the episode just small enough to make it funny that he's trying to get out and one door doesn't even open opening the other door which doesn't make sense but it's funnier that way it's, yeah. it's wacky yeah and he says this is huge well not literally huge yeah. Um, so the, all those, all those jokes are there, but I did like, there's a moment after that where Clara is like, I want to go back to Danny. Can we get out of here? And all of that. And, and, and he's like, wait, 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 I don't understand what's going on. You got to let me take, take a moment. This <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen to me that yeah. I don't know what's happening. I want to enjoy this. <laughs> and then it very rapidly becomes a, a, a problem. Um, even though she says it's adorable and he, he's, it's not adorable. <laughs> um, uh, and by by having, I mean, so this clearly is meant to be the Doctor Light episode, ex- because he's only really, other than a, a couple of scenes, he's only really in the TARDIS set. But uh, like um, the Lodger, where Amy is only in the TARDIS oh, set, yeah. it, it's it's uh, I never. Uh, Peter Capaldi is constrained by, speaking of dimensions, is constrained by space in that he's only in the TARDIS set for most of the episode, but he's in this episode. I, I thought there was a really, as a Dr. Light episode, I never felt his absence at no, all. He, he probably recorded for fewer days than usual because he only had the one set, but um, he was in the whole thing and, and was present. And even if you're only listening to him through her ear and hearing what she hears, he's still present through the entire episode. So it didn't feel like he was absent at all. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was having his conversation with, with Clara for most of the episode. Um, I like the line, uh, she says, oh, you made it lighter. And he says, it's always lighter. <laughs> if it was its actual weight, it would fracture the surface of the earth or something like that. Which I suppose is fair if he says there's acres of space inside right. the TARDIS. It's right, a- and she just brushes it off and says, that ah, conversation for another time. We don't need yes. to get into that right now. This episode is not about that, so let's move on. <laughs> um, so uh, Clara is basically, because she's outside and the doctor is trapped inside uh she has to be the doctor which is funny he hands her through his little portal he hands her the sonic screwdriver um and the psychic paper um but she also gets a companion which i found really amusing which is rigsy the um the graffiti artist who's been set to paint over graffiti by uh and being watched by the kind of mean guy who doesn't see the the psychic paper and uh and the doctor calls him a fluorescent 
pudding brain, but then he has that moment, right? Where he like says, this is a locked room mystery. And the doctor says, see, you were wrong about this lad. <laughs> I liked, I liked, so I liked Riggsy. I thought he was not just a foil for Clara, but, but, um, I mean, he was the companion. He he yeah. was we we promoted Clara to doctor, and and she which she calls herself briefly, and then uh, Riggsy gets to be her companion, who she gets to explain things to and tell to run around. Well, and, and the doctor gives her a hard time about that too, about being hard on the companion or something. I can't remember quite what he says, but um, he has a moment where he's noticed that she's recruited somebody to be her companion, and is being kind of hard on him and. Uh, I can't decide whether the doctor is concerned that she's committing malpractice or whether he's concerned <laughs> that she's going to do his job just fine and that the universe doesn't really need him. Um, or that he's just amused that she's um, aping him, that she's, she's you know, anybody can do this if they've got a companion and a sonic screwdriver. You can basically make this happen. Well, she's, she's particularly clever, I think. Um, and at the end, he, I think maybe he doesn't want her to be the doctor because being the doctor is not good. Yes. Well, there's that I'm a good man that we've had. Am I a good man, Clara, throughout this? And the questions of like all these terrible things that maybe he has to do or has done in the past. And in this, and uh, this whole season seems to be like these themes keep coming back. This is what this season is about. And here he says, you were an exceptional doctor. Goodness has nothing to do with it. Like, you know, almost like, uh, I appreciate that you're being me, but uh, you becoming me is not necessarily a good thing. Well, and she says, oh, sure, all these guys died, but on balance, we saved the world. So how bad could it be? Right. And, and, um, and that's not a great perspective, maybe, for regular people to have. About- well, she's lying to Danny Pink, well, right? Yes. And 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 he, again, says you're li- – and she lied to him about that. And and she tries to tell a story about it. And he says, no, no, lying is a useful skill. But he's, de- he's definitely like – you know, it's a useful skill. It's not necessarily good. Yeah. When you're an adventurer, you can be a liar. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing for you. And it's almost like he's – I don't know whether he's worried or not, but he he's knowledgeable uh, certainly more than anyone about the cost that this sort of life has on your soul. And and that seems to be what he's I, again, I'm not sure whether he's judging it of like he doesn't want her to do it or whether he's just appreciating the fact that just if she does it this is what happens. Noticing that, that that that's the path she's on if she continues to be more and more like the doctor, she's going to there are consequences to that. Yeah, and I guess that's a Peter Capaldi I mean that that's a very alien quality of the doctor that i kind of like in peter capaldi is that is i feel like i don't actually get the judgment from him it's really just like he is uh, aware of that this is happening but it's not like he said oh no no clara you can't be like me maybe that will come at some point but right now he's just like yep that's what you're doing yeah he's letting her do it um uh, looking back at my notes um uh, beggar on the inside joke. This statement has never been truer. <laughs> that was really funny. The sledgehammer that appears yeah, magically out of her purse was, was a pretty good gag. And again, this is what I thought all the gags were. And then we get into the, the there's something on the wall and on the floor, and the and the police officer gets sucked into the carpet, which was a a really scary, terrifying horror movie kind of yeah. of scene. That was really. I understand that this aired later in the UK, and I wonder if it's it's for scenes like that that are like genuinely that was horrific. Scary scenes that was scary and all the uh all the mural people turning around and turning into uh shambling uh two-dimensional was, blob zombies yeah and they were that very was... zombie shambling which yeah. is which makes them extra scary as they had that like overlay of effects yeah. to make them seem seem more like that i mean definitely our kids were the, nah. their, their judgment was <laughs> scary yeah 
That was a scary one. That was a scary one. Um, the um, yeah. Let's uh, what is it? Oh, oh, Danny Pink calls and she doesn't even answer. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, but I like I like that the doctor figures out that like they're dissecting people. He sees the nervous system on the wall, um, and they're trying to understand three dimensions. And and uh, he he walks through the steps and says, "This is what they're going to do. They're going to um, they're they're learning. They're not. This isn't a monster that's just killing in this way. This is a an intelligence that's trying to figure out who we are." And that gets to that point where where there's that moment um, when they're in the. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's like a train the train station service or area yeah. or something. And, and, uh, the doctor says, uh, I think they're going to figure this out, but he also says a leader is going to emerge in this group. Make sure it's yeah. you, which is so him telling her the rule book <laughs> of being the doctor. And she immediately barks orders. Yeah. And she does a good job. And, uh, and does the, I'm the only one who can save you, which is a very oh, doctor yeah. line. Yeah, I'm the one chance you have to stay alive. It's yeah. like she's she's a she's learned well, hasn't oh, yeah. she? Yeah. Um and she says to the doctor, "I hope uh, I can keep them alive." And he says, "Welcome to my world." Yeah. And that and that's 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 that moment where she says, "I'm going to lie to them and tell them that it's okay," right? Which is again, this is the theme of the whole episode and the whole season is this. What is the job of the doctor and is that a cost that's worth having and should he do it and you know, should he be the only one who bears it? And um, we keep seeing that over and over again. I, I really love that they're um, that the doctor tries to give him that benefit of the doubt. We said this earlier. Maybe they're trying to figure it out. Maybe their idea of language is as bizarre as their idea of dimensions. And no, they're just killing no. everybody. No, they're just a monster. In no. the end, no. And he says that in the end, he said he reminds them. Ah, I tried. I tried to communicate. Yeah. I hope this would work out. It's not working out. You, Yeah, he says, I think you just don't care. You're monsters. Uh, that seems to be the role you're determined to play. And if we're talking about what the job of the doctor is, that, that to me is really interesting. Because what he's saying is, this could have gone another way. But if you're going to be a monster, then I'm going to be the doctor. This is what I do. And it's almost weary. Like, um, I... I guess I'll play this part like it, it and that it's a part that he has, he has to play, but it is a part that he plays of, I will take my role as the one that stops the monsters. And I thought that was, I thought that was a, a, a different way of thinking of it, that, that, that it may be in that way that Capaldi do- doctor feels different and that he seems, I don't know again, if he's reluctant, but he's, I mean, he's calling it what it is, which is I'm playing a role too, which is the stopper of monsters. And okay, if I have to play it, I'll play it. She's nodding, by the way. Which <laughs> you can't see that. Doesn't come through on the on the podcast, but that was suffice to say there was a nod. There was a nod there. Okay, so the TARDIS falls on the tracks, um, and I shouted at that moment, "It's going to be like the monsters!" And it, and it, and it was. There was a that was a great sight gag, right? Which was the hand sticking out. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Well, he the hand sticks out in the beginning, and she says, "Don't do that," but it becomes useful. Yeah, he can he can because inch th- along. Yeah, because the TARDIS is doomed, right? Yeah. Except that he there is one thing he can do to get can't out you of move there. Move the TARDIS? No, can't you move the TARDIS? <laughs> um, and so so. Uh, he does that, and then he goes away. He goes into like emergency mode uh, for a little while, which is good because uh, that that basically in the climax of the story, Clara has to figure it out for herself, and she says, "Oh, Doctor, what would you do now?" And then pivots around and says, "Now, what will I do?" Now? Yeah, that which was nice. That yeah. was good. So she she would be a a different Doctor. 
so, I guess they're all different doctors, but she would be at another different doctor. What what uh, what are you thinking about Clara now? Because this is something that that uh, I, I I hear people debating about whether they think that she's, uh, you know, is she? Well, I don't even want to define what the people are debating. It's you know, she's a she's the current companion, and she's different in in a lot of ways. What are you thinking about her I right think she's now? She's great. I did not like her in the beginning, but I don't know if you like any new person in the beginning. Right. Um, was that back when she was also kind of the uh, plot point? Yeah, she was so mysterious and not her own person and doing her own things. She was only mysterious. Right. Um, but now she's great and fun and spunky and gives as good as she gets and keeps him in line a little bit. And and the two of them, I, I love I love Peter Capaldi. I think he's excellent and so different from the other doctors. Um and I think they just have a very fun repartee and a, and a, how is it? Catherine Hepburn, like, um, wittiness to the way that mm. they talk to each other. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy their scenes together quite a lot. They needle each other. Yeah. Well, I've been saying all season that uh, I feel like, uh, what I like about Clara is that she's got kind of got the upper hand on the doctor. Not only has she, you know, been, He's new, right? She's been in the TARDIS longer than this doctor has been. But she also doesn't doesn't need him in the sense that he's her hobby and she's still leaving. She's not traveling with him. She's popping in to see him when he needs her. It's a very different dynamic. Uh, and so that makes me feel like, you know, he needs her more than she needs him. Although the last couple of weeks, that's been the question is now that she sort of broke up with him and yet is still traveling with him, it calls that that right. power dynamic into question yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. he, he has the universe to offer her. So maybe he does have the upper hand after all. Yeah. Well, it's, he's got a lot to offer. That's true. But in this episode, she shows herself to be perfectly. Yeah. I think she's perfectly competent and excellent at it. Um, it, it's not, it, it's less and less of a hobby as she's doing it more and more. Yeah, which gets us back to being the doctor and having that not necessarily being good, that she's now lying to her boyfriend and, you know, it, and is really into it and is really good at it. And is that the progression for Clara is that she's gone from being I can quit anytime I want and it's just a, a romp to being, I, I you know, it actually reminds me a little bit of Rose where the in, in her season with David Tennant, it got to the point where. Uh, she was accused by her mom of being turning into an alien, basically, and and not. She became so doctor-like at that point that she was um, cut off a little bit from from reality. And I I wonder if that's something that's happening here with Clara lying to Danny and and being more obsessed with uh, the traveling. Well, the lying the, the lying right? is 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 large because she and Danny made a huge point about never lying to each other again, which yeah, she then turned condition. around and. Yeah lied to him um and then in this episode it's even more obvious with the um i'm gonna lie to them to tell them they have a chance to live because they'll be more motivated to run faster um and uh lying to the doctor about having not lied to danny oh clara the the lying is (laughs) is everywhere yeah um, which i'm sure we'll come back to so clara in the end solves the problem by commissioning rigsy to paint uh, with his spray paints on the back of a poster a fake door which she then posts 
because the ultimate expression of the doctor is to use your enemy's power against them. And so they blast, they try to blast through this door that they think is three dimensional, but is in fact two dimensional, thereby giving power to the TARDIS on the backside. And that is the trick. Uh, which is, you know, again, it's Doctor Who, whatever, but it, it's smart thinking within the story. It's smart thinking on Clara's part. Like, how can I confuse people who don't really understand three dimensions? I'll I'll create a two-dimensional mock-up and hide the TARDIS box. No, thing I thought that was it. good. That that brought the the graffiti artist back into it, and and I thought that was a perfectly reasonable and and clever way to solve your problem. Yeah, and with that, the boneless as. <laughs> The doctor dubs them. Which our, our son immediately said, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody, you gotta, you gotta call them something. So why not the, the boneless, uh, the kids love it. So they get sent back into wherever their dimension is. And I guess that's one of those, we have one of those, this is protected moments that goes yeah. back to like David Tennant and, uh, with the, the sicker acts, like yeah. this, this, this plane is protected. <laughs> the third dimension is protected by the doctor. Get back in your, in your little flat box. Um, I thought that was, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a fun, a fun ending. And we talked about the ultimate end where he says, um, you were an exceptional doctor. Nothing, uh, goodness had nothing to do with it. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you. So the guy who can't see the psychic paper, <laughs> and at the end he says, uh, "Thank you, seriously, thank you." After being kind of like cranky, he says this, "Thank you, seriously, thank you," and then he walks off. And I sat there and thought that is a weird thing to say. And it's a guy who can't see the psychic paper and seems kind of mean and scary. And I don't know if there's. I just I had the red flags going off that this is somebody who's going to be revealed later is part of a larger scheme that's going to go to the season finale only because one, why can't he see the psychic paper? And at the end, it's almost feels like he's gloating like, no, seriously, thank you. You saved my life. When I, I just, I didn't feel like the character, if he was truly just the crotchety old man who hates everybody would say something like that. So I'm suspicious, sort of like I am about the fact that we never really found out who was behind the little robot uh, computer guy in the Orient Express last mm. week if this is stuff that's being sprinkled down for us to pick up in a few weeks, or if it's just that he was a jerk who was thankful at the end. Well, I will say that when he couldn't see the secret paper, I went, <gasps> he's a suspect. Thinking he was the problem. Yeah. He was the bad guy in yeah. the episode, which they immediately turned around and said, no, he's just an idiot. Um, which is why I think it, it, it could be a trick, right? It, it could be it a thing. It could definitely be a that. To hide that. Um, and then at the very, very end, um, it's just something about the way he said thank you that felt like this is like a, a an evil creature who who's one up on the doctor and is like, oh, no, thanks for saving me. <laughs> and then we're going to find out later that that was who he was. Well, it was cer there's uh, certainly I don't know. Um, it felt like there if it was nothing, that was a very dramatic exit for him. Yeah. Other than to just say, well, some of the wrong people survived because he's a big jerk and the other people seem nicer. Yeah, it just didn't feel like that for some reason. It no. felt like it felt like something else was going on there. But I guess we, we'll either find out or people on message boards and Doctor Who <laughs> will be speculating on his true identity until the end of time. And then at the end, we get to see uh, Missy again, who we haven't seen in a few weeks, who, who is said, our big red flag waving pl arc plot point. Who says she has chosen Clara. Yeah. That was that was new. That's uh uh scary, although I I don't I mean we know that a woman 
gave Clara the doctor's phone number um, in her in her first episode, a, a woman in a shop, and that's been out there this whole time. So is that all this means? Is that she pushed Clara into the doctor's way for a particular reason, or is there more to it? I don't really suspect Clara of being um, complicit in this in some way, but she does. St- it, it, it's now seeming like she's a pawn in this woman's game. And, and having said earlier in the episode, right place, right time, or maybe wrong place, wrong time. Right. Um, about how they met. Um, that could very well have been by design and perhaps was if she was chosen by uh, Missy. By Missy. The mysterious Missy. Yes. Of the story arc. <laughs> she should just wear a t-shirt that says, um, stay tuned for the season finale. Yes. Yeah. How many more? Three more? Three more. Three more. I think there's one more regular episode and then maybe a two-part finale, although I'm not 100% on that. Only 12 episodes this year and then the Christmas special. So, um, Although this is the longest run of new Doctor Who we've had in a while because they broke the seasons in half for a while there in the mm. fall and the spring. It still seems like it's gone it so fast. So we, were just, we were just saying that they, they had an ad for whatever is on, I guess the Atlantis season premiere is on the same night as the, oh no, it's Sherlock. the Sherlock. They're going to show Sherlock on BBC America for the first time because it used to be on PBS and now they're rerunning the old episodes on oh. BBC America. And they're running that the same day as the Doctor Who season finale. And we all went, no, <laughs> yeah, sometime in November. But it's so it's in three weeks from now. Yeah. But it, it seems to have it's gone so fast. Yeah. I think this season has been uh, I think this season's been pretty good. I have really enjoyed this season. I really like Peter Capaldi an awful lot. So tell me, um, what, what is it about the Peter Capaldi doctor that, that uh, does it for you? Um, he's completely different. Than the other doctors, um, I found the differences between Matt Smith and David Tennant to not be very large. Right, the actors are different, but the characters weren't that different. The were characters they? weren't that different. He didn't play it a ton differently. Um, whereas this one is sort of more of a crotchety old man rather than a young guy having fun is completely different. I think he and Clara push each other's buttons a mm-hmm. lot, which is funny. Um, most of the episodes have been funny or at least had funny things in them. Even tonight's scary one had a lot of funny stuff in it, which has been fun. Um, I, I just think he's terrific. Yeah. He's, he's so much fun to watch. And, um, having never watched the original Doctor Who's. Other than like two or three episodes I inflicted on you. you have forced me to watch. Which seemed to verify that you should not be watching them. I don't need to watch those. Um, I have... I have no experience with the older doctors of those first um, several. Um, and so this, my, my favorite companion has been Donna. And I loved the dynamic between Donna and David Tennant. Yeah. Um, and this style of, of companion doctor relationship reminds me of that more than anything yeah. else. She's not just saying, oh, doctor, you're so dreamy. Right. Well, he was dreamy. <laughs> this is true. This is a true. Fair point. But um, but I I just think this is they're just two people out having a ton of fun together. Um, even if they're not aware of it at the time, because right. Peter Capaldi never seems like he's having fun, and yet, um, I don't know. I mean, well, he lets down his guard. I think a little. What was bit. he dancing about today? Oh, because uh, well, he saw he he saved the TARDIS. He he moved it off oh, the track. Oh, he moved it off the and track. He did and a little then he's dance. doing his little dance, and then it little falls little over dance, onto the track. Hilarious. Yeah, and then it, falls it fail, over. failure. That's Don't celebrate too soon. No, doctor. no. <laughs> um, so I just think he's a ton of fun. He's fun to watch. He's 
he's the 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 show's been really good and and even tonight which was essentially they saved the world because they prevented the whole world from getting invaded by 2d monsters zombie guys yeah. um it, it was a story that was only about the five people that were affected by it um, right. We didn't have any scenes of like the whole there's planet. No, there's cowering. no planets. There's no <laughs> sun going out. There's no giant horribleness. Um, if things had gotten out of hand, things would have been bad. But it's just it's a small story about just these people that are involved in the story. Um, and I think that works a whole lot better for me. Um, smaller stakes, even if they even if they go badly, would be bad things. That doesn't make any sense. Sorry. That's okay. It's a podcast that we, uh, we we say lots. That's and some would say that making no sense is what we do. Well, then I'm that. This will be awesome. So welcome to the medium <laughs> of the podcast. No, Capaldi. I was saying earlier this season that I thought he elevated a lot of the 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 sketchier episodes. The first the first episode had some weak spots. The the robot of Sherwood episode had some weak spots, and yet Capaldi was there to like bring it up a notch. These last few weeks, I felt like I mean he's still great, but he's also not needed to like labor to raise the bar because the bar is there. The the material has been a lot better lately yeah no the episodes have been good he's great um yeah it's been a lot of fun this year um i i don't feel like i've seen a, a stinker no there have been no stinkers there have been there have been some weaker episodes although i think largely they've been strong uh but no stinkers at all yeah so next week no pressure but frank cottrell boyce <gasps> Gets next week's episode. Oh, you know, that's really you know, excellent. You know, I've read a lot of his books. Yeah, he's a really good writer. He's a really good writer. Plus, he did the what? Millions. Millions was and, his. And uh, and uh, the Olympics, <laughs> <laughs> London, twenty twelve. Um, and uh, he's doing in the forest of the night, which we saw the preview for oh. this week. So that's and then after that, it's the two. It is the two part season finale by Stephen Moffat. So. Um, we're getting very Great. near the end, but yeah, Frank Cottrell voice, that should be good. That, next week. That's really good. Well, you made it through I a did. podcast. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And everybody out there uh, made it through listening to us do what we do kind of every week, but not in front of a microphone, which is talk about what was going on in Dr. Who. Thanks to everybody out there. Tune in next week. We'll be back to talk about Frank Cottrell Boyce's episode in the Forest of the Night and uh, more about Doctor Who for the the next few weeks. And then wrapping it up uh, a week or so after that with a Doctor Who special season overview of The Incomparable on the uh, main Incomparable feed. So that's it for tonight. Thank you, my wife, Lauren, for being here on the podcast tonight. You're welcome. And we'll see you next week.